All right, you guys, it's Christmas time. Oh, <laughs> oh man, you guys, I know. It's that time of season. I, uh, I, Gabe didn't get to share a testimony. I'm going to share it for him, though. Um, on Wednesday night, the youth went out in different trucks, and they plowed driveways in, in the valley here and just went to different subdivisions. They took the shovels, and, and they just went and plowed driveways, and, and crazy things happened. I just have one testimony. Um, this car was stuck in her driveway totally full of snow, and uh, the, the youth went there and started shoveling out and shoveling out. She came out, she, a single mom, she said, I've been stuck, I don't know what to do, our kids need food, I couldn't go get food, you guys came just at the time that we now, I now can go get food for my kids. Is that not cool? I just love that. <clears throat> and that's just one of, that's just one of several uh, testimonies of, of God taking our generosity or their generosity and using it for his goodness. I just am so thankful for that. Christmas time presents quite a, um, a challenge for us and a dilemma, especially in the Western culture where uh, we can get caught up in the gift giving, the uh, package wrapping, the Christmas parties, the commercialization, um, you, we can get so wrapped up, we actually miss, we miss Jesus. Um, we had our grandsons over Saturday or Friday night and, uh, actually two granddaughters, three grandsons. And, uh, they're there at the house there. And Brenda has a couple Christmas decoration. One is just this hanger that says joy. And there's another one, joy, another joy on the, on the floor over there. And it lights up. So it's kind of bright and shiny. And, and one of our grandsons says, what are those, why do we have, why do you have joy written on the house, in the house? What? And uh, I said, well, because this is a joyous season. And he kind of looked at me and I said, you know, the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. It will be for all the people. And he said, yeah, but why is that just at Christmas time? I said, that's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, this other, you know, we get this, our kids have to wrestle through. You have to choose what you do with Santa Claus. And I think it causes some people get confused. You've heard about the guy. He's thinking about what he needs from God. And so he starts writing like he's writing to Santa Claus, dear Jesus. And he writes, I've been good for six months. And then he scratched it out. Three months. Scratch it out. Three weeks, then he throws down his pencil and he walks over to the nativity scene. He grabs Mary and says, God, if you want to see your mom again. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I want us to capture, I want us to capture the season. I want us to capture, you get to choose to capture this season. And, and align your affections with the one who satisfies. I'm going to help you. I have some declarations. Okay, we're going to say these declarations. You can take pictures. If you're family, you can take pictures and, and say them over your family together, okay? Let's go to the first one. It's actually come from Stephen Wendy Backlund, uh, Ignite Hope Ministries. So say this out loud with me. 
My family and I will encounter God's love like never before during this Christmas season. Come on, somebody say amen. All right, next one. I will celebrate what I do and not focus on what I don't have. Well, that's a good word right there. Let's say that one again. I will celebrate what I do have this season and not focus on what I don't have. That's really good. Next one. I have received the greatest gift of all, Jesus. I therefore embrace this Christmas season with unprecedented joy. Come on. I see that's a good plan. Yeah, no Grinches in the room. All right, next one. I am receiving life-changing revelations through the Word in this season. What does that mean? That means get in the Word. Get in the Word. Review the story. Let the Holy Spirit bring something fresh. He did to me uh, this week in a powerful way. I'll talk about it next week. But uh, get in the Word. Review what's so familiar to you. The Holy Spirit will bring something new. I guarantee it. Next one. I am focused on what I can give, not what I can get this Christmas. I want the youth to say this, okay? <laughs> you guys too. Everybody, say this again. I am focused on what I can give, not what I can get this Christmas. Yeah. That'll make you happy right there. Next one. Last one. I am someone who releases radical love, joy, and peace in my neighborhood, city, and region. All right, let's do this again, but let's, let's put family before neighborhood. All right? I am someone who releases radical love, joy, and peace in my family, neighborhood, city, and region. And all of God's people said, you know, your words create your world. So I, I, I guarantee you, if you declare those things, you will see them come to pass. Let's pray. Father, we come to your word this morning, and uh, we thank you already for what we've experienced in worship. And uh, Lord, we want to we experience the reality of Christ in our Christmas. We want Christ to be the center of this season, the center of our hearts. We want you to be known through our lives. We invite your presence, God, the manifest presence of the living God, the glory of Christ. Speak to our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We're going to jump into the story and just, we're not, actually, I want to give you a heads up. What we're going to do is I'm going to talk for about 20 minutes now. We're going to have communion as we've been singing about the blood. We're going to have communion. And then we're actually going to spend some time to linger and just minister, let the Holy Spirit minister to us um, and however he wants to. All right, are you good for that? If you're not, you have to stay till the end. Okay, Matthew 1. This is Joseph, and after he finds out that the woman he's betrothed to, which is engaged but more serious, is more like marriage, um, is pregnant with child. And so he's considering what to do with her, being a, a good and righteous man instead of bringing her out in the open and causing potentially stoning, which would have been, um, according to the law, that's what could have happened to her. He's going to quietly set her aside and, uh, and, and not have her be his wife. Encounters an angel of the Lord, verse 20. But when he had considered this, 
Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Um, in Hebrew, that name means Yehoshua or Yeshua, and it means God saves. Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through his prophet. This is from Isaiah chapter 7. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. I'm going to just quickly take a look at this God with us. I want to first talk about God with us, and then I want to say talk briefly about God with us, and then I want to briefly talk about God with us, all right? The first one I'll take most of the time on is God with us. My favorite song, Christmas song, is What Child Is This? What Child Is This? Good, good answer. What child is this? The, the, the song says, what child is this? And it goes on to say, this is Christ the King. This is Christ the King who angels worship. And I, I just am compelled again for us to come back to the reality of the story that God came to earth. Now, it's so familiar to us. How can we ask the Holy Spirit to make it alive in us? To bring back the awe, this one who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, an embryo, becomes a baby, becomes a child, becomes a teenager, becomes a young adult who's tempted in every way, just like you and I are tempted yet without sin, fully human Fully God. You know, it always had been God over us. God above us. God before us. God on the mountain. God in the temple. God in the tabernacle. God in the fire. God in the cloud. But never God in human form. God with us. He grew up and demonstrated to mankind what love looks like. He reached out to the leper and he touched the leper. He saw the hungry and he fed the hungry with concern and capacity. The blind and the lame and the deaf with compassion, he healed. God with us. Nothing has ever been like it. The apostle John was taken by the reality that the God is such a familiar scripture with us, but he names Jesus the word, which means the revelation, the revelation of the father, the revelation of heaven, the re revelation of eternity, the word. In John chapter one, he says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word 
was God. He was in the beginning with God. He was the creator. All things came by him. Nothing that has, nothing has come that has not come through him. This is called the hypostatic union, fully God, fully man, with no conflict going on. Why? Because he wanted to be God with you. And he wanted to be God with me. And what was getting in the way was your sin and my sin, our sin. Our sin separates us from God. So he came. He had to be man, fully man, or he couldn't be the sacrificial lamb. He had to be fully lamb, a man, without sin. He had to be fully God because he had to pay the sins for all mankind. The infinite God became a finite man. The passion of God, you guys, is to dwell with us. It's the narrative of the Bible. I want to be with my people, and I want my people to be with me. I'll never forget the first Christmas that I celebrated Christ. I'll never forget it. I was 21. I became a believer in September, and the Christmas season was coming. And I can tell you honestly, through the years, I celebrated Christmas hoping that something on Christmas would satisfy the longing of my heart, the gifts, the family, the fellowship, the food, the celebrations, something about Christmas. There's supposed to be something about Christmas that's going to bring to my heart the longing of my heart. And then I met him. I'll never forget. Brenda and I were talking about the other day just briefly, and we were falling in love. But I have to be honest with you. I was captivated with the man, (laughs) this Christ Jesus. I had become infatuated with the one who descended for me, who went to the cross for me, arose again from the dead for me. Somebody else say for me. It's got to become personal for you, for me. He loves me unto death. He set me free from my sins. He made me holy. He made me pure. He made me righteous because of my faith in Christ. I, I just was undone. I could not, I could not get away from the joy and the peace. And none of my family were believers. And I, I just wanted to talk to them about Jesus. I just wanted to tell them about Jesus. My, my Christmas now is different. My dad was generous and he did the Santa Claus thing and we had the cookies and the milk out. I want to read Colossians 1. I love it how it's the passion version here. Even though you are once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the payment for sin on your behalf so that you would dwell 
in his presence. And now there's nothing between you and the Father, for he sees you as, as holy, flawless, restored, if you continue in the faith, if you continue to believe. Um, I, don't, I know you guys know this, but there's a big snow snowstorm coming. It may have already started. Did it already start? Anybody come in late? Don't don't admit it came in late. But I'm going to help you with this, okay? I'm going to help you in this journey with the snow. Um, you know, those that have been here very long know that I almost always bring out Isaiah chapter 2, where it says, Come, let us reason together. Though our sins were as scarlet, they're what? White as snow. And because you guys really like to hear me sing, I'm going to teach you a chorus. It's an old one, but it goes like this. White as snow, white as snow, though my sins were as scarlet, Lord, I know, Lord, I know that I'm clean and forgiven in the power of your blood, by the wonder of your love, by faith in you I know that I can be white as snow. You guys sing with me. Come on, you guys sing with me. This is going to help you. It's going to help you this afternoon when you're shoveling. Are you, are you ready? White as snow, white as snow. Though my sins were as scarlet, Lord, I know, Lord, I know that I'm clean and forgiven in the power of your blood, by the wonder of your love. By faith in you, I know that I can be white as snow. You guys, capture the Christmas season. Capture this season. Make it be about Jesus. Don't let the clutter, don't let the packages, don't let the presence, don't let the heartache steal this season from you. I heard a pastor share the other day, he was talking about, we had a church and it was a small church early on and uh, just wasn't doing very well financially and they didn't have really much to support him with and and, uh, his wife had lost the job and he was in this place just like not a good place with the Lord. And the Lord said, go ahead, just talk to me. Tell me what's going on. And he said, Lord, how can we have presents with no money or Christmas with no money? And when he said, he went, that didn't sound right. Do you guys know that half this planet lives on $3 a day? I wonder what they do for Christmas. If they're believers, I think they worship Jesus. I want to talk real quickly now, God with us. Disciples, they loved being with Jesus. I love the chosen because like it pulls it out. I, this last, if you haven't seen season three start, it's amazing. Um, I just, it's just so cool to get like down to earth guys, you know, these fishermen and tax collectors and zealots, you know, and they're with Jesus and they're like, Jesus is amazing. 
I mean, it's amazing what this guy can do. I mean, he stills the storms, right? He calms the seas. He feeds the hungry. He's like, whoa, gosh, I like being with Jesus. <laughs> it is so cool. And I got purpose. I've got a reason for being. Jesus chose me to be one of his students. I'm a disciple of Jesus. And then Jesus says, I'm going away. What? That can't, be, that can't be true. What? Yeah, not only am I going away, you guys know this, we've talked about this, it's to your advantage that I go away. In John 14, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. That, the way that's phrased is one just like me, that he may be with you. Somebody say, with you. Forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. This is, this is phenomenal reality that your body, if you believe in Jesus, is now a temple of God. It's not based upon your feelings, just so you know. It's based on the truth. Your body is a temple of God. The Spirit of Christ has adopted you as a child. He was looking for a place to dwell on the earth, and he found you. If you're a believer. If you're not a believer, he's inviting you in. But he found you. He's looking a place to land. A place to show off. A place to love people. A place to release peace. A place to release joy. A place to release the kingdom, the power of God. And he found you. He said, ah, I got one. And he put his nature in you. You are partaker of the divine nature, is what Peter says. You are a new creation. And somehow, the same way that the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and conceived the life of God in Mary, he has conceived the life of God in you and me. And he'll never leave you. You may not feel him because you're kind of walking left of him or right of him. Get him back in the center. Get Jesus back in the center and start experiencing the reality of his kingdom. The joy, the peace, the hope, even the power. He's with you. You are never alone. He's with you. And he wants to empower you to live like Jesus. Acts 1.8, you guys know this. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. You guys can go ahead and pass the sacraments. I want to talk just briefly, and then um, Dale and Joyce are going to, Lead us in communion. I want us to talk briefly about God with us. God with us. In our current culture of Western Christianity, it's easy to go to church and not be the church. It's easy to be attenders and not connected. Um, we went through COVID and we we're praying and hoping that that might be eliminated. And I think it has been eliminated somewhat. We felt that we felt the vulnerability of not meeting. And we found out that watching online didn't satisfy. 
Anybody experience that? And there's something about being in a room with other believers. But it's more than singing songs. It's actually, it's actually connecting. We are members of the body of Christ. There's something about God that loves when we come together, but not just on Sundays, when we're connected. Somebody say connected. Like, have you ever stubbed your toe? Man, does that hurt. Why? Because you're connected. It's because you're connected. I hate stubbing my toe. Why does it hurt? Because you're connected. It tells your brain, you just hurt yourself, buddy. The body of Christ uses that analogy that if somebody in the body of Christ hurts, we all hurt. If somebody got something really cool going on in their lives, then we get to all rejoice. In fact, he says, when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. I thought he was already with me when I was alone. He is, but there's something more available when we're together in Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians 12 says, now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. Um, I, I don't want to be weird, but can you look at your neighbor for just a minute? Left or right, doesn't matter. Go to the most attractive one. <laughs> I'm kidding. <Don't>, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> okay, here's what I want you to recognize. I caused all kinds of problems right there. <laughs> I'm looking, I was in the lights, why didn't you look at me? Um, that person, if they know Christ, has Christ in them. How you love that person is how you love Christ. How you love Christ is how you love that person. The presence of God is found when we are present with one another. When we're individual Christians, we will lose a sense of his presence eventually because you were not created just like my toe is connected to my body. It's not created to be disconnected. You are not created to be disconnected. You are a vital part of the body of Christ. There's something about this with us. I love Ephesians 2. I could preach on it a whole message, but I'm not. I'm just going to read it. Ephesians 2, 21, 22. Dale and Joyce, you guys can come on up. It says, In the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together, say, read this part with me, into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. See, the, pl- the plan of God is that like, we are growing into a more glorious temple of God together. I love that picture. All right. Put your hands on your heart. <clears throat> Lord, I just pray right now that as we move into communion, that you paid the price for us to know Jesus experientially, not just theoretically. So we invite you that we would encounter the Christ of Christmas. Amen.